Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 1 through 7, called Anxious for Nothing. Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. We're moving verse by verse through Philippians and we are in the fourth chapter. Uh, My plan originally was to tackle verses 1 through 9, but we are only going to get to verse 7 and the title is Anxious for Nothing. Uh, If you're physically able to stand, would you stand for the reading of God's Word together with me? Philippians 4, we pick it up at verse 1 and it reads this way. Therefore, my beloved brethren, Philippians 4.1, whom I long to see my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Suntuke to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, verse 3, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. There's our title. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father, as we think about this text, there's a promise that as we make a petition to you or our petitions, what we will get back is the promise of peace, the shalom of God, the peace of God which surpasses understanding. So right now, we're going to ask for that peace to fall on your people. Since that's the promise in the text, we're going to ask that that peace would be ours and that we would realize it, even if it's beyond what we can comprehend. We're going to walk in it. We're going to receive it. We're going to rest in it. And we're going to ask, Lord, right now for your help as we deal with a very (laughs) vital issue for all of us. That is the issue of anxiety and worry. We all have these challenges, Lord. We admit it. And we want to learn how to be anxious for nothing. Would you help us as we teach the Word, as we receive the Word, as we act upon the Word of God, as we stand upon your promises? I pray you'd be setting us free more and more from worry and anxiety. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Philippians 4, 1 through 7, anxious for nothing. I was asking myself this week, is it possible to go a day without being anxious? Uh, The word anxious, if you're taking notes, and I'm going to give you several things. I'm going to try to give you everything I got to give you tools from the text to deal with anxiety. But I was asking myself this week, is it possible to just be not anxious, to just take a day where anxiety and tension is not the norm? I was getting at a definition. The definition of anxiety in the original language literally means to be divided or pulled apart in different directions. And that's kind of how we feel with worry and anxiety. We feel pulled apart. We feel kind of untangled. And sometimes we feel like a bit of a mess. 
We don't know what to do. We can feel overwhelmed by anxiety. And we know that medical doctors tell us about anxiety that it can have physical effects. It can affect your digestion. It can affect your balance. It can affect your mood. It can affect other uh, organs in your life. I mean, there's so much. And so many of us live, you know, kind of in this constant tension. We feel pulled in multiple directions. Maybe that's just where you're at uh, in terms of your life and your busyness and all of that. Uh, I would ask you maybe at the outset of the message is what is your number one worry? You know, when they do studies on worry and they ask people, what are your main worries? People talk about the fear of failure being a number one worry. It could be past failures. It could be uncertainty about the future. Some of you are younger and you're thinking about your career or who you're going to marry or relationships. And it could be fear of failure. Am I going to fail? Will I, will I have the goods? Will I do well enough to make it? That's certainly a fear. People talk about the fear of the future. The future is unknown to us. We don't know what's going to happen. So we can get nervous about that. We can get nervous about family and friends and health. And, you know, are we going to have enough? Are we going to, you know, be able to get where we want to go? And we, we fear even our health and stuff like that. The fear of death is a very real issue as well. I mean, uh, you know, the fear of death, the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 2, that enslaves people. And many people are just fearful of their own mortality. And what does that mean? You know, the second uh, fear next to the fear of death is actually the fear of public speaking. Uh, and I'm not kidding. People really do fear public speaking. And this is what the Lord has me doing twice a week. Uh, you know, I tried to act like I was sick on oral report day. That tells you how much I wanted to do public speaking. And now that's all the Lord has, him, has me doing. The Lord does have a sense of humor. But Dr. Walter Calvert uh, years ago did a survey he reported that uh, his, his reportings indicated that only 8% of the things people worried about were legitimate matters of concern. The other 92% were either imaginary, never happened, or involved matters over which people had no control anyway. One writer puts it this way, when I look back on all these worries, I remember the story of the old man who sat on his deathbed that he had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which had never happened. Close quote. And you guys know how worry is, right? We, we start to build these imaginary scenarios and monsters in our mind, much of which never comes to pass. And it can bring insomnia and we can be, we can have physical effects and mental effects all because we have a battlefield going on in our mind. And we all know that when we have a lot on our mind, we can lose sleep we can just, you know, create scenarios. We can replay conversations. We can do all the what ifs, shoulda, woulda, coulda, if only, all of that stuff. And somebody once said that worry is almost like being in a rocking chair. You move a lot, but you get absolutely nowhere. And that's what worry is. But worry is a very real issue for all of us. It's an issue for me. I'm sure it's an issue for you because worry is really just an expression of concern, right? And oftentimes when we worry, it's because we feel a bit out of control. We feel like, you know what, I'd like to control this scenario, but I don't know what to do with it. And so we just worry and we bite our nails and we do all these things. Worry could be defined this way. And this is a very important definition for you and I this morning. Worry is becoming infatuated or stuck on an issue 
but it's staying stuck there. Every one of us is going to have worries and concerns. It's inevitable. They come at us in life. But, but anxiety comes when we stay stuck in a worry. And we begin to mull it over and mull it over until it becomes a mountain in our lives. That's what anxiety is. It's worrying about things and then staying stuck there. So focused on this one issue. And it brings mental uh, distress and agitation. And of, of course, we feel like we're being pulled apart. What are we to do? Is there a biblical remedy for that which ails, I think, all of us? There is. And I'm going to give you all I can give you in the text, four imperatives, and there's going to be some other things as well. You say, what's an imperative, Pastor Michael? It's a command or an urgent priority, a necessity of vital importance for godly living or living without anxiety. That's an imperative. So the first imperative is in one of this text in Philippians, and it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, first imperative, so stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Now, of the four commands or things of vital importance in the text, Paul says, stand firm. The idea is just like it sounds. The Greek word stako means to persevere, to persist, to keep one standing. It describes a soldier standing at his post. Here, it is a military command. And Paul is addressing the larger congregation. So he's saying, in essence, stand together. Stand firm against the onslaught of the culture, the onslaught of spiritual warfare, and also the onslaught of worries that come and flood our minds often. Stand firm against that. Don't let yourself be toppled over by an avalanche of worry. Now, the guy writing it is not writing it from an ivory tower, right? He's not sipping a cool drink on a beach somewhere. The guy's chained to a Roman soldier. And he writes to a church as if to say this, look, there's many things I could be worried about, Paul might say. I'm, in, I'm in, under house arrest. But I'm telling you that worry can be overcome even if your circumstances are not perfect. Now here we are, we're all living in the United States, we all have different issues going on, but none of us are sitting in a prison right now. None of us are going through perhaps even severe persecution. So if Paul can say it, maybe we can learn something as well, amen? And he says, stand firm in the Lord. Now a few pages back in Ephesians 6, just literally a couple pages, turn back with me, uh, Paul is talking about spiritual warfare to the Ephesian church, and he says these words with the first imperative in mind, he says these words, finally, 10, Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to, what? Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, Paul outlines spiritual warfare, that it's uh, spiritual against forces of wickedness, not human beings. And he says, therefore, 13, take up, Ephesians six thirteen the armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to, here it is again, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I'm not going to teach through the armor of God, but I think you can see the idea here, the connecting concept. Standing firm has to happen through spiritual endowment. 
In this case, the metaphor is the armor of God. It's not real armor. It's not physical armor. It's spiritual endowment. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hello, I'm Rob Newton, producer of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We are over halfway through this year. And you have raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast equipping people with God's truth. Now, we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is still strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcasts and stream on their phone, but radio in a car or at home is still free for listeners. Most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We are looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we would like to become fully funded by listeners. This will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Now, a few pages back in Ephesians 6, just literally a couple pages, turn back with me. Uh, Paul is talking about spiritual warfare to the Ephesian church, and he says these words with the first imperative in mind. He says these words, Finally, 10, Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to, what? Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, Paul outlines spiritual warfare, that it's uh, spiritual against forces of wickedness, not human beings. And he says, therefore, 13... Take up, Ephesians 6.13, the armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to, here it is again, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I'm not going to teach through the armor of God, but I think you can see the idea here, the connecting concept. Standing firm has to happen through spiritual endowment. In this case, the metaphor is the armor of God. It's not real armor. It's not physical armor. It's spiritual endowment. How do you get spiritually endowed from on high? How do you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you put on the armor? How do you put on the new man? One of the ways you do that is through prayer. 
You ask the Lord for help. You ask him to fill you afresh with your, with his Holy Spirit. You begin to move your eyes away from the problem to the God of solution. Amen? This is how you stand firm, my beloved. You remember in the running metaphor, Paul says, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm pressing forward to what lies ahead. Some of us get stuck in the past. Now, I'm not saying that there's not some value to going back there at least to find healing and, and God's forgiveness and then move on. But some of us keep replaying past things that happened to us. Uh, it could be a hurt. It could be a traumatic event. It could be, uh, you know, a disagreement or even a major hurt like a, a breakup or something. And we stay stuck there. Remember that worry is replaying something and staying stuck there. You're going to have things come into your mind. It's unavoidable, but you don't have to stay stuck there. And that's the point. Forget what lies behind. Listen, I heard a pastor say it this way, and, and it was well said. You can't change yesterday. It's already occurred. Amen? And you can't control tomorrow, but you can live without anxiety today. Right? So this is usually what we do is we get stuck on the past, what woulda, shoulda, couldas, if onlys, or the fear of the future. What if this happens? What if that? But we can't control any of that stuff. Can't change the past, can't control the future, but we can live for God's glory today without being overwhelmed by anxiety because today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So the resurrection is coming. This is who we are. We don't have to stay stuck. Here's another sub point, and this is not one of the imperatives, but it's in chapter 4, verse 1. Notice Paul says, My beloved brethren, I long to see you, my joy and crown. And then at the end, he says, My beloved. I found something about worry. Worry is when I am unduly focused on self. Our world is so worried about perception, social media presence. What does so-and-so think of me? What does such-and-such think about me? Most people don't think about you as much as you think they think about you, first of all. So when my eyes move away from me to other people, how many times have you seen Paul in a New Testament letter say, I pray for you guys night and day. When I think about you, it, it brings joy to my heart. Look, think about people in your life that God has brought in, blessed relationships. Pray for people. When you get your eyes off of yourself, you are less apt to have anxiety because you're more concerned about the needs of others. So maybe you're having difficulty sleeping. Look, we, we can all deal with that. Start praying for other people. Look, if you're going to be up anyway, you might as well pray for other people. And you'll be amazed at how many people will all of a sudden come to your heart and mind. I heard a story of a, a man. He was uh, in a, on a mission field. I think it was, he was in Africa. And uh, he was late for a meeting. And so the only way he could get there on time was to cross this open plain where wild animals were known to run. And so he said, you know, I'm going to be late and I got to get there. So I'm just going to go across the open plain. So he went across the open plain and he heard the, the hoofs of charging rhinoceros. It was a whole, I don't know what you call them. A whole group of them were coming and they were coming right at him. And he had nowhere to go. 
And so he fell to his knees, this is a literal story, and prayed, oh Lord, spare me. And all of a sudden they came and they passed by him and not one of them hit him. And it was a huge group of them. And he was spared by the Lord. He made it to the meeting, preached the gospel. He found out years later that someone had woken up in the middle of the night and felt an urge to pray for him. And when they aligned the calendars and the time zones, that urge to pray for him was right as those rhinoceroses were charging him. This is the Lord. And he doesn't need us to pray to deliver one of his saints. But he certainly uses our prayers as a means to his ends. And so this is the beauty of prayer is we we focus on other people. We love other people. Notice Paul's heart, my joy, my crown. It's you. Stand firm. You've been listening to Anxious for Nothing, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 1 through 7. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to say thank you to all our Walk in Truth partners for your financial support. We're over halfway through the year and you've raised over $30,000 to support our mission of being on the radio and podcast, equipping people with God's truth. Now we have more opportunities to broadcast Walk in Truth on more radio stations. That means we can serve more communities with Pastor Michael's unique way of teaching through the Bible. Radio is strongly used by people all over the world. Not everyone gets to use podcast and stream on their phone, but radio in car or at home is still free for listeners. In fact, most listeners who reach out to Walk in Truth are listening on the radio. Now our audience is growing, and so are the opportunities. We would love to expand the program, and we need your help to do it. It costs thousands of dollars for airtime, and we could use more Walk in Truth partners. Are you blessed by Pastor Michael's teachings? Are you learning? Are you being challenged? We hope to reach more people like you. Would you please consider becoming a $20 monthly Walk in Truth partner? We're looking for at least 200 more listeners to help continue our mission to equip the body of Christ. Right now, our church and current Walk in Truth partners help pay the bills, but we'd love to become fully funded by listeners, and this will make it so what we have from the church can be used for expansion. Please sign up to become a Walk in Truth partner on walkintruth.com and then click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Again, become a $20 monthly partner by visiting walkintruth.com and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe this is you. Maybe you would say my church is divided right now over some issues and I'm wondering if I should just cut and run, find a new church. My church is not living in harmony. What should I do? Well, I would tell you that this is not unique. Here we are going all the way back to the Philippian congregation, a letter written a long time ago, and two women in the congregation were at odds with one another. And I will say this, when there is division in the church, especially among leaders, it can be disheartening. It's the opposite of a good example. What do we do then? Well, I would say, first of all, pray. Second of all, see what the issue truly is. Is it, is it substantive? Is there a reason to be concerned? Is it a personality issue? And then pray that there would be humility because humility will bring down the walls of pride and sin. And humility is really the path to healing. And so 
Um, I would just encourage you to hang in there unless there's some substantial doctrinal issue essential that, you know, is concerning you. Uh, pray, try to support those folks, maybe even be, try to be part of the solution, be a listening ear, and you can be a help in that time of need. Well, we've been showing our appreciation for our Walk in Truth partners who give monthly support to get this radio broadcast out to people just like you. And people just like you are the ones that are giving. I want to say a big thank you to Jared, Terry, Mark, Rudy, Barbara, Deborah, Johnny, Dana, and many others. And hey, you know who you are. Just wanted to say thank you. We deeply appreciate your monthly support of this broadcast. Thank you for saying we believe in it. And as we teach the word of God verse by verse as it goes out, we know it's doing its work in those who believe and causing even those who don't believe to become believers. Thank you for uh, really putting your feet and your funds to what will last for eternity. And we're so grateful. Uh, we're, we're doing a big project uh, exclusive to our Walk in Truth partners as a thank you for your support. Just began to tell you about this, and it's going to help better equip you as a believer. It's coming very soon, so stay tuned to all of our Walk in Truth partners. And remember, if you want to become a partner, go to walkintruth.com, $20 a month, partners, 25 whatever you can do is making a big difference in this radio broadcast and the podcast going literally all around the world. We'd love to impact as many as possible uh, until the Lord comes or we go to be with Him. So again, go to walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Philippians 4, 1 through 7, called Anxious for Nothing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.